This week on Buddy Movies, Lucasfilm is developing an Indiana Jones series on Disney+, Warner Brothers is open to making more Harry Potter movies with J.K. Rowling, and we review Jim Carrey's The Truman Show, as well as Fringe Season 1, Episodes 3 and 4, all coming up on today's episode of Buddy Movies. Welcome to Buddy Movies, the place where buddies talk about movies. I am your host, Mark Young. And I am your host, Anthony Watkins. Well, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of what number are we on now? 72. 72. 72. Oh, man, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So close. Oh, 75. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be a big mark. Uh, And you're good for doing the live episode then? Yes, I should be good for that. Okay, so then we're going to make an official announcement right now. December 5th, live episode of Buddy Movies. We'll do it at 8 o'clock that Monday night. Maybe we should do it at 9. I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, 9 I think would be pretty, would be pretty good. Okay, uh, 9 o'clock. Do it now. Uh, it's a Monday night, December 5th, and we will see you live on... Ooh, where are we doing this? Uh, well, we did. We'll have to Jurassic post a link. Yeah, we did Jurassic Park on Facebook Live. I know. That we'll we'll be posting the link on Facebook. Yeah, we'll, we'll be we'll posting the link at least on Facebook. But we will be doing a live episode, and we will get that link out for everybody to be part of it. Indeed. Yeah, boy, I tell you. So Mark and I just planned. So Wakanda Forever is coming out as we're recording this this weekend. This coming weekend. Yeah, tomorrow. Actually, you could go see it tonight. Honestly, well, actually, yeah, this Thursday night. Pre- Thursday night. I forget. Yeah, movies come out Thursday nights now. Yes, yes, that's been a long time. Um, so yeah, we're we're planning to see it Saturday in Harrisburg. We're gonna kind of meet halfway at the Regal in Harrisburg, and I'm really we're both really excited to see it. Uh, it's it should be good, and uh, yeah. Did you officially decide? Do you want to see it in 3D? Because we can make that happen for only an extra three or four dollars. We can see it in all glory 3D. I can't imagine it being any better in 3D than without 3D. You don't want to give me a headache. Panther pouncing out at the, at you, you know, in your seat. You know, you don't want that experience. No, no. No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Oh. All right, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we'll see it in regular 2D, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, it's gotten, like we said, I think we mentioned last week, it's gotten some good early reviews. Yeah, it is high up there right now. I think the audience score right now, I mean, obviously just came out, but I think it's at 94% Rotten Tomatoes for the audience score and 85% for critics. So, yeah, it uh, should be good. This is honestly probably the first, it's been the first Marvel movie probably since Spider-Man No Way Home I've been most looking forward to. I mean... We've just, as we've discussed, more movies have been, you know, very hit or miss, mostly missed for me recently. But this one, I, I'm very much excited to see. So, yeah, well, Marvel's been going through a rough patch during this pandemic and everything. Mm-hmm. It's also the fact that they finished off a huge, huge story, right? And how can you actually? continue that level of anything you, you can't exactly there was so much hype and we discussed this there was so much hype and gravity around endgame where it's like oh the whole world you know it's all building this one moment once it's over it's like 
now what we have to start all over again and build up to that for next for another 10 years you know it's like uh, i mean that's essentially what you have to do and um they are building up even bigger though because they're doing secret wars and kang dynasty at the same time so that's going to be interesting because they're basically if they go the right route you know you're going to deal with secret wars you're dealing with dr doom Hmm. um as the big villain and kang dynasty you'll be dealing with kang so and they'll probably truthfully i think it'll be two separate teams of um of avengers i think the kang dynasty is going to be dealt with with the more uh, modern current heroes um you know like she hulk and the younger hawkeye and and those guys coming stepping up you know black panther and things to be their own heroes and i wouldn't be surprised if for um secret wars we had captain america and iron man and stuff come back just for that mm-hmm. because there there are there is precedent for that with the comic books See, my, and i mean my, even go ahead well i'm just gonna say my question here with these these marvel movies going forward here are they going to especially with like kang build on they expect the audience to already have known who Kane is from watching the Disney Plus series like Loki? Are they expecting you to already know all the background? They expect you to have watched the D- Disney Plus series, or are they going to provide a little background info so they don't just assume you've seen the Disney Plus series? Um, well, I know they're going to be building up to him more than they did with um, Thanos, you know, because, you know, Endgame was pretty much Thanos, not Endgame, Infinity War is pretty much Infinity a War. Thanos movie. Right. Um, where you got to know the character a lot yeah. more and his motivations and things he's done and you see some of his history. Right. Um, that, that's my hope. <clears throat> and uh, I would think they have to do something like that, but they are going to be seeding the character throughout other movies. He's in Quantumania. Hmm. You know, he's, yes. he's the yes. villain in that movie. So you're going to be dealing with him beforehand. And it's right. going to be a similar thing with Dr. Doom. You'll probably be dealing with him in Fantastic Four and then again in uh, Secret Wars. So we'll have to see um, see what happens. It's See, this is very typical for comics. You know, it's, it's very typical for them to have like a big crossover event and then everything has to die down and kind of, you know, you go into – not bad stories, but just more personal focus stories of the characters, which is what we've been dealing with in the movies lately is they're more individual stories. They're more person driven, character driven than they are, um, you know, like team action driven mm-hmm. and that's good, but um, it's not normal for, uh, a, a TV show really, you know, or, yeah. or other types of um, series of movies that people are used to. So this is normal for comics. It's not normal for film, uh, but it's what they're going to have to do to build back up. You can't just keep going higher and higher and higher. It's going to be, it's, it's too much. Yeah. It is way too much. Um, Especially when you consider just the power of some of these characters compared to others. Right. Um, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they do. Oh, my God. I just hope they do Dr. Doom well and actually have him be as powerful and as much of a threat as he is. Because yeah. he's, he's just, uh, he seems like he shouldn't be that big of a threat, but he is. 
Um, we'll see. Okay. We'll see what they yeah. do. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. Wakanda Forever is mm-hmm. going to kick butt. Um, yeah. I have no doubt that that movie is going to pass a billion. Oh, yeah. Probably. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think Spider-Man got 1.5. I, I would assume Wakanda would get right around 1.5, 1.3, 1.5. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did a little less just because um, they don't have the Chinese market usually mm. for yeah. for that because of China's racist issues. <laughs> so I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality yeah. is, is China has a bigger problem with black people than America. So, um, and that's well known. It's documented. It's, it's, they did it with star Wars where they had to, that's pretty much the reason why Finn got pushed out of the series or relegated to a side character, even on the physical posters that they released in in, um, not Japan and China, China, Finn was turned like he was shrunk down. Like the huh. physical picture of the character was shrunk down to be a smaller size because wow of the way they do yeah it's it's really messed up that disney caved to that um but yeah it'll still do a billion yeah all right well do we want to get into we have uh two articles here for our current events yeah let's Uh, look at this indiana jones thing what's going on there yes so basically Disney Plus is looking to develop an Indiana Jones series. Now, as we all know, the fifth Indiana Jones and the last one, at least the last one with, Indi- with uh, Harrison Ford, is coming out next year. Uh, I forget what month. I think it's during the summer of 2023. Mm-hmm. And so, Disney Plus is now looking to, because Indiana Jones is obviously a major franchise. This is a, this is a big, big franchise. It's a big cult following. You know, it's been around since the 80s. So, it's been around, uh, wow. 80s are, yeah, 40 plus years at this point. So don't remind me. Yeah, sorry about that reminder there. But uh, so yeah, it's a long running franchise. And the article here is from the playlist. It's called Indiana Jones. Lucasfilm is developing a TV series for Disney Plus. Uh, so yeah, it's coming next year, June 23, June 30, 2023. The fifth Indiana Jones. Harrison Ford has vowed it's his very last time playing the character. So that's it for the franchise, right? Not so, says Lucasfilm and Disney, who are developing an Indiana Jones series for Disney+. Plus. How is that going to work without Harrison Ford? Well, according to Variety, it may not, although that's unclear. Lucasfilm was eyeing the possibility of, stream- of a streaming show, quote, set in the world of the globetrotting archaeologist in general meetings with writers of late. No writer has been hired, and they're still looking for a strong take, and no plot details have been revealed yet. So this is very much an infancy stage. And it could tie into the fifth Indiana Jones, or it could just be a whole prequel series, you know, with him as a younger as a younger person. Uh, they're currently exploring a, that, a number though. of options. Yeah, they're exploring a number of options to keep the franchise going, which could mean a new which could mean a series, new films, other media, or a combination thereof. So that said, if Ford has Ford, if Ford has publicly stated publicly that he was done with Indiana Jones, it would seem unlikely that he would turn up in this series. So yeah, I highly doubt Harrison Ford would come into a Disney Plus series to try to bring back Indiana Jones once again. So it's going to likely be without him. Um, that being said, as much as I love you know Harrison Ford, you know Indiana Jones is one of my favorite series franchises, but 
even with without Harrison Ford, this is probably a series, honestly, I would at least try to watch or start watching to see how it goes. Because I just I love the world. I love his character so much. If they did him as a very young Indiana Jones, like late teens, early twenties, like I would I would, I think I'd be into watching that at least. You know, at least try watching it. What what are your thoughts here? I, I don't even know if you'd have to be that young. They already did Young Indiana Jones. I don't know if you've seen or heard of that. Yeah, but I they did that in that. the nineties. I I remember watching that show on Disney Channel. I think it was okay. Um, I, I could be completely wrong on the channel, but I remember watching that show on TV, and um, it's it, it was all right. Um. I can't say I ever got really super into it, yeah. but I just think it would be, um, I think it would be dangerous to rehash that. I, I would prefer, I think for a series more of a, just a recast and uh, mm-hmm. telling like a season long story of like what we deal with in the movies, you know, only in a TV show format where he's trying yeah. to find something because the the adventurers give themselves to that right you know, he travels a lot you know like you discover something you get captured by somebody you know you, you escape at the last minute and then you're on to the next place um i, I don't know i just think it would work they, it would have to be recast i don't think a young as in like 19 you know teenager i don't think that would work so well but maybe someone who's you know, like Raiders of the Lost Ark age, mm. you know, like just, and, and it wouldn't have to be like a prequel. It could just be more of a sidequel. You know, here's more adventures yeah. of Indiana Jones, you know, more stuff that he's been on. Almost all of his movies start off with him doing something. And then he goes on to a, another adventure and later yeah. on. So obviously the guy gets around and does this stuff. It's. So the, the question is, do you have an actor in mind who you'd like to like to play Indiana Jones? Because I know oh, for a while there, Chris Pratt was thrown out as someone who was going to replace him. That never panned out. And obviously, no one else has portrayed him since. River Phoenix, as you remember, portrayed him as a young Indiana Jones in Last Crusade. But mm-hmm. we haven't seen, and besides the show you're talking about, we haven't really seen a young Indiana. So like, or, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Who's that guy who played him and who played Han Solo in the Solo movie? He looks a little like. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, yeah, honestly, for things like this, it's I I feel like it's almost always best to go with someone who's more unknown. Mm. Yeah. Um, it'd be nice if they could not do the very typical thing that's being done nowadays, which is either gender bend or race bend the character. Mm, um yeah agree it, it's just a matter of like <laughs> if they wanted to do that just tell there's ways to do that stuff without changing the character you could have someone else portray a and it because indiana jones is obviously going to be like what in his 80s in this next movie because <laughs> he's 70s, in his 80s. 80s. Yes, yes. And he was at least but 60 in the last him, movie. Though. They're yeah. going to DH him. So they'll probably okay. have him in the, like, probably, they'll probably, they'll probably have him late 60s, early 70s. I mean, they could have an Indiana Jones who's in his 50s and, and training someone younger, you know, to carry on his name if they want to do that whole, you know, 
race change or gender change or you know, the inclusivity, the diversity. You know, they want that in right. more of the movies. And I understand why they want that. You know, you want to represent our country, our world as it is. Um, but there's ways to do it without just like changing a character who's already existed. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I just feel like there's so many more characters. There's so many more stories out there to be told that you don't need to change a character who's already existed. Yeah. Don't I, I me, want more stories. I want more original stuff. Don't, don't, I'm don't sick and tired. Female James of, Bond. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just sick and tired of the the constant, um, like unoriginality. Yeah. You know, like we keep doing things over and over and over and they're not really making new stories anymore. They're just rehashing old stories. You know, everything is a franchise now. Everything has to be a franchise. I was reading an article today where Dwayne The Rock Johnson was talking about his Christmas Santa Claus franchise with J.K. Um, Simmons playing Santa Claus. So it's like, okay, do I want to see J.K. Simmons as Santa Claus? Yes. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Does it have to be a franchise, though? Why is everything a franchise? Yeah. Franchise I, I just get to the money. They, they do, but it used to be one of those things where if it was good and told a good story and everyone liked it, it got to be a franchise. Right. Now it's like, we need to make this thing a franchise before it can even possibly start. Cause they, so they end up seeding so much stuff. They end yep. up seeding so many other, like putting so many little Easter eggs in that the movie can't really stand on its own anymore. And that's mm-hmm. just frustrating. I, I just want, I want good stories. I prefer to watch good stories. And that's why, you know, some of the shows that you, you have to watch nowadays, that's why you have to watch, you know, these, you know, Breaking Bad and Game of Thrones is because you have, to, they're the only things that are putting out these high quality original stories, you know, yeah. it's, it's so rare that you actually see something now that's, that's new, even like, I, I can't even think of a TV show. And now they're killing, not killing, but they're dragging Game of Thrones out too. Mm. You know, they're, they're, they're going to do so many other shows and yeah, there'll probably be a bunch of spinoffs off of that. I mean, House of Dragons is just going to be one of many spinoffs. Yeah, I mean, the show The Boys was very original, and they're going to have a bunch of spinoffs of that. They have a cartoon of it already. They're having a college-age spinoff of it. Like, come on, guys. Why why does everything have to have a franchise? That's just my little take on it, though. Yeah, that's fair. Curmudgeonly old man, Mark. Yeah, right. Few franchise hater you. But, I mean, yeah, don't so, get me wrong. People, they've been doing this forever. You know, they've, they've, they've been remaking, rehashing things since, you know, Cecil B. DeMille did it with his own Ten Commandments. Hmm. You know, yeah. so it's not anything new in film. And it does make sense to update the stories for new generations. That's always been done. But when you're doing it, and they're no longer doing it in a way where they just retell or or make a new story their own they have to attach it so much to the others that it's just bizarre yeah you know it just doesn't work the same 
Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's so me. yeah, we'll we'll see how that how and if that actually pans out. But uh yeah, so that'll be maybe on Disney Plus. Disney Plus has been putting out some quality shows. You know, they have Mandalorian was really good. Um, Andor from Star Wars, from what I, everything I've heard about it, it's really good. I've been enjoying um what what if, you know, um Loki, they they've um WandaVision, these are quality Marvel shows that they put out. I am excited for, um, even, you know, they have Vision Quest coming out now, which is going to be a show just about Vision uh, regaining his identity. So we're going to see that. That'll be cool. I I just, Disney Plus is not putting out crap there. They got some good things going there. It's just a matter of whether or not they can keep it out because they have put out some. Yeah turds right next to it you know and boba fett I, was I, not as good as mandalorian it just wasn't right i just saw an article it was yesterday about disney plus the far their profit margin apparently they just barely broke even this year with as far as like subscribers on disney plus goes i think they made like a net of maybe two million which in their terms is not a lot whatsoever no, so it's yeah pretty negligible actually and so they're Again, they've saturated the market so much, but they're still trying to find ways to bring more people in, whether it's increasing the cost, which actually, my sister texted me, Disney Plus is increasing their cost, I think, in December here next month uh, for new people coming in. And so they're just trying to, I mean, that's one way, just keep, just increase the membership cost uh, to a certain degree. You know people are going to, within reason, are going to keep you know keep their membership so you can charge them a dollar more maybe, and that you charge a dollar more for... Uh, you know, millions and millions of subscribers, you're going to get a, you know, right there is a good profit margin. Yeah. So, yeah, well, we'll see. But it's like, once you hit, it's interesting, like once you hit a certain saturation market, it's like, what do you, what can you do to, you know, increase your profit? Because you can't just keep putting out new and new shows and new shows and new shows and not get a lot of more subscribers out of it. You know, something has to give. So, Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, let's move on to your article. Yours is about J.K. Rowling and Harry J.K. Potter. J.K. Rowling and Harry Potter. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I had to go to the original article because no one was quoting um what they were claiming. Hmm. So I found I found um I found on a couple different sources where they're saying that basically the uh, Fantastic Beasts franchise is dead in the water and is no longer um, being made. The original article here from Variety does not say that, but it does imply it a little bit. You know, it says that there's no, currently no Harry Potter movies being developed. And, you know, no Potterverse movies being developed at WB. But it doesn't say it's actually dead. And that's what drew me to this article. So the title is, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, David... <laughs> Zaslav? Yes, that's, that's how I'd say it. Uh, open to a deal with J.K. Rowling on more Harry Potter content. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav mentioned the potential to do something with controversial Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling on another title in the Wizarding World franchise going forward during the company's Q3 earnings call Thursday. The remark was made as part of the lengthy statement about importance of franchises. 
Mm-hmm. Like yep. DC, Superman, Batman, and Aquaman films, as well as Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and Sex in the City content. It was during this answer to the WBD CEO uh, mentioned his interest in if we can do something with JK on Harry Potter going forward, we're going to have a real focus on franchises, Zaslav, Zaslav said in response to a question from a media analyst about content will be different under Warner Brothers Discovery from the AT&T run of Warner Media era and before. So I don't know if you know this, but um, this guy, David Zaslav, came in and he's pretty much been like a hatchet man to um, to Warner Brothers. Um, he's, he's, he's the one who got rid of the Batgirl movie. Um, he's axed a whole bunch of other projects that were in development so long so far as like even filming like the the movie was done the background movie was finished or almost finished it was in post-production and he still axed it instead of like releasing it on hbo max or something you know finding some place for it to be released no they got rid of it um so he's coming through he's cleaning house with a lot of their stuff um it's because warner brothers and discovery merged um at&t is out and they're changing things up. They um, they brought James Gunn in to run yes. DC's um, movies, which I thought it's just ironic to see where he went. Like, guess he went right. through this whole his trajectory, yeah. his trajectory, everything he went through. He got kicked out of Guardians of the Galaxy because of the fact that you know he I guess said tweets. some stuff tweets yes. years ago, right? And then you know they picked him up. He made Suicide Squad for them, which was decent enough and then he comes back finishes up guardians of the galaxy and now he's running the dc thing and yeah it'll be interesting to see where they go from there because they're trying to bring everything into some type of continuity over at dc and build bigger because it's been ridiculous that dc hasn't been able to hit these billion dollar marks yeah like marvel that they're not able to be as successful in their films they have the bigger name superheroes. They have the mm-hmm. ones that they barely have to do anything. Everyone around the world knows Superman, Batman, Batman. and Wonder oh, Woman. Come on. Everybody knows these characters and yet they're struggling yeah. to keep up with Marvel. Right. And it's because of partially, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly why it's because, because no one really knows, but the reality is they're not telling they're not telling uh, the same high quality stories. They're yeah. not writing is weaker and they're trying to rush into they once they fell behind Marvel, their big mistake was trying to rush into trying to catch up as soon as possible without taking their time to build into it. Like Marvel did once they got behind, they're like, Oh crap, we, we're behind. We gotta, we gotta really speed things up and speeding things up. just made things. Here's work. the thing is they actually could have just jumped into justice league. I, I understand why they made that decision. I feel they could have done that and then just gone off into separate individual stories for the characters because they had the bigger names. Hmm. The problem is these movies were still about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Those three characters are the established ones. You don't need to be telling us a story about those characters. You need to be telling us a story about Green Lantern. You need to be telling us a story about Cyborg. You need to be telling us a story about Flash. You know, the characters who aren't quite known as well 
Mm. Those need to be the characters who are, those need to be the ones driving the character part of the movie with Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman basically being there to offer the muscle and support that they are. You know, they need to carry the superhero part, but you don't need them to carry the story part. So I, I feel that that's the mistake they made there because people don't know these other characters as well. So they need to get to know them in the Justice League movie, but they didn't. They just were side characters. They didn't get yeah. to know them very well. And they still had the Ezra Miller problem with that one as well. Right. He's a, he's a mess. Yeah. That, that's putting it lightly. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, I'll, I'll post this article in, in the bottom of this video here, but yeah, he said, and like, I understand his point of view because of like, I mean, Harry Potter, I, I had, I wanted to look it up to get the exact number, but I mean, Harry Potter books, as you know, have, they have sold over half a billion copies since they came out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Harry Potter is one of the most popular series ever made in the history of mankind. So like, I can understand he wants this, you know, bring this is one of our, this is a, one of our franchises. So he wants to cash in on that. So mm-hmm. can't really say I blame him there. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is Harry Potter, but I hate the idea of them making more Lord of the Rings movies, but mm. if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah. I, I really wish they would just leave that property alone. They're, they're, I mean, Rings of Power is one thing, but. Right. Making, <sighs> especially if you try to remake the movies, that's a very bad idea, in my opinion. It's, still, even though idea. we're 20 years removed from them, it's way too soon to, to do that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Excuse me. But, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're going on about her tweets and stuff. About well, and that's, that's the other thing. I don't really want to get into this a whole lot, but uh, yeah, the whole thing with the controversy with J.K. Rowling, she made some transgender comments that so now she's labeled as a very controversial uh, writer and, you know. Yeah, she's what's called a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. Okay, so the statement that she, and they call them TERFs. The statement she made, yeah, the statement she made was, if sex isn't real, then there's no same-sex attraction. Which, she might have a point. (laughs) But um, the, the idea there being that whatever a transgender person is dealing with, you can't just say that sex is arbitrary. You can't just say gender doesn't matter. It's just a construct because the reality is for most people, it's not, it's just part of who they are, you know? So whatever this small subsection, and I say small, knowing that it's less than 1% of the population and still understanding that that still means we're dealing with people who are having a real human experience, millions of people. Right. who are dealing with whatever they're dealing with or going through whatever they're going through. So it's, it, it's small, but it's also not small. Right. You know, cause yeah. there's billions of people on the planet. So when you say it's less than 1%, you're still dealing with it's millions still, of people. Right. It's still a lot. Yeah. A lot of people. It, so I, I can't deny that there's something that is going on here that needs to be recognized and dealt with. Um, but she also goes on, she goes, if sex isn't real, the lived reality of women globally is erased. <clears throat> Which, again, it's true. 
I mean, they have, you have, they had a show called Girlhood released by Alta Beauty with two trans um, women on there talking about girlhood. Yeah. No offense, but they were never little girls. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't. They were little boys. They were raised as little boys. They realized they didn't want to be that way or weren't that way or whatever. And became women. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and so why are they talking about girlhood? Why are they talking about what it's like growing up as a little girl? You know, it, it doesn't make sense. And, and there is very truthfully an erasure of women happening through this, this movement. And it's, it's causing women to be once again, relegated to, second-class citizenship and kind of being rubbed out of like, oh, the only the only women who are winning things now are the women who used to be men. You're dealing with it in sports. You're dealing mm-hmm. with the fact that the right. woman of the year, woman of the year yeah. in, in one magazine was uh, Caitlyn Jenner, who, wow, it's amazing. She's a woman for a year and boom, Becomes the number yeah. one woman right yeah. away. I was I was going to lightly touch on that. The, the, what frustrates me the most about the whole transgender thing is when it comes to sports and competing sports, the competitions having like a transgender woman, you know, who's actually mm-hmm. has the body of a man. Because women, the fact fact of the matter is, women and men have different bodies. They have different. Men are built uh, to have more muscle mass, and just in general, are mm-hmm. are generally speaking leaner and or yeah, leaner and just more more muscular. And uh, when, when it comes to sports, there it's it's very it's just it's this unfair competition to have a, a transgender woman who's ha, is in a guy's physical body to be competing against women who aren't built like he is. It's just yeah, no no amount of hormone therapy is going to no. completely reverse that, right? You know, within the first year of them transitioning, it just doesn't happen. No, it's, it's uh, not how it works. You know, yeah. eventually, yes, they'll get down to being, I, I don't know, as weak as a woman or, or you I mean, it will happen eventually as, you know, but you're talking several yeah. years into it. Yeah. You know? It's just funny. I forget the name of the name of the, of the, of the trans, transgender woman, but when it comes to swimming, like you just see, you can just look at a group photo of, of the transgender woman standing oh, yeah. amongst the yeah. women. And it's like, are you kidding me? A foot me? and a half taller than everyone just, there? <laughs> Does no one see the difference here? Does no is everyone blind? Like I, it's just laughably yeah, it's depressing just, in my opinion. But uh, and that's not yeah. to say that like there shouldn't be a place for yeah. that person to compete, but they they need to maybe make a third grouping of sports or something. It's just like there's there's a reason why men compete against men and women compete against women. I also think that the reality is women have a women who were born women and women who transition have a different life experience from each other. Mm-hmm. It would be like, you can't say that a person raises a boy and a person raises a woman, like as men and women, we have different experiences from each other. 
you know, but you're not going to. So we can recognize that. Why can't we recognize that a trans person has a different experience than the person who has been that sex or gender their entire life? Why can't we just recognize that it's different? It, it like <sighs> diversity. I haven't like diversity is supposed to be celebrated. Diversity is not supposed to be something where you go, Oh, pfft, I don't want to. I mean, like it's supposed to be this thing where we embrace things being different, but for some reason with the whole trans thing, it's like, Oh no, it's gotta be treated exactly the same or else it's not, it's not right. You know? Yeah. And that doesn't make any sense. That just yeah. doesn't make any sense. It's not, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, we're probably, this video will probably get banned on YouTube because of all this <laughs> right. talk. We'll get, it we'll really get will finally get flagged for something, but I don't care. This is like a, a reality. And I'm not saying anything new. I'm saying I'm practically regurgitating other people's thoughts on this. This isn't anything new. Everybody knows this. Um, it's just, we don't want to, she just said, well, like she's, she's focusing on, what matters to her and that is women who were born women and are still women now that's what matters to jk rowling you know she's a feminist who cares about that certain group of women why can't she do that why is that not okay because yeah. the reality is not everybody cares about the same thing if we all cared about the same thing then obviously we're in a cult or we're brainwashed or something's not right there. You know, right. we're all, we all have like, you care about baseball. I don't care about baseball <laughs> at all. Like it just doesn't yeah. matter to me, but you care about that for whatever reason <laughs> we're different there and that's okay. Right. Or even like causes. I care very much about, you know, men's mental health and, the fact that there are issues there that need to be dealt with and are oftentimes ignored and the pressures on men's men in society, that stuff matters to me. And I give money to those causes and I talk about those things and I get connected to people about those because those things matter to me. Now they don't matter to some people. That doesn't mean it doesn't matter at all. It just means it doesn't matter to those people. Like we all have our things that we care about that we want to help people with. And it shouldn't like, why can't we be allowed to focus on that part, that subsection of a thing yeah, in, yeah. instead of having to focus on all of it. If we all focus on something, it's all going to get taken care of. But if I'm told that, Oh no, you can only care about, this thing, which is the trans thing right now, because that's the hot button issue. If you, you can only care about that, then there is a whole bunch of stuff on this circle, on this globe that's not getting dealt with and also not being taken care of. You know, I recognize that there is a lot of trauma and a lot of issues that women deal with, and there are people to help with those things. I'm focusing on this over here. Right? Why, why can't why can't that be a thing? Why why do we have to do why does everyone have to fall in line and be a, a, exactly the same? That's, that, that's not how it works. That's not how any of this has ever worked. You know? <laughs> yep. I, I thoroughly agree. So, yeah, that's, I mean, 
we went way off topic with this, but it's it's, all uh, it's all right. But yeah, it looks like back onto the J.K. Rowling Harry Potter thing. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the, all it says about that is that there isn't anything in development right now. So there's currently nothing in the Wizarding World in active development at Warner Brothers, inclusive of both the Harry Potter franchise and the Fantastic Beasts intellectual property. The most recently released content based on Rowling's IP from Warner Brothers was the third Fantastic Beasts film, The Secrets of Dumbledore. And that was July of this year, I think. Um, But yeah, so it's... And there's been nothing about Harry Potter since like 2011. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if Fantastic Beast is actually dead. It might be. They've had a lot of issues. Um, They haven't quite been hitting their marks. Yeah. Seriously plagued, but. But it could still be good. It could still be having more coming out with that. But for now, there's nothing in development. And, but there's going to be more Harry Potter stuff. So, I just wanted to let everybody know that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. Thanks for let's listening. move on to our <laughs> <clears throat> let's move on to our film because we're going to have a lot to say about that. Yes. This, this week we are reviewing. What are we reviewing? The Truman Show. Ah. Jim Carrey's The Truman Show. Uh, released way back. What I say? Way back. June 5, way 1998. Back. Uh, written by Andrew Nichol and directed by Peter Weir, W-E-I-R, Weir. It was nominated for three Oscars, Best Director, Best Writing, and Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Ed Harris, who plays, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, starts at the C. Uh, the Creator? The Creator, yes. Um, oh, man, it's going to bug me. I have to look it up now. Um, I'm almost there. Christoph, Christoph, yes, I should have thought Frozen. Uh, yeah, Christoph. So yes, uh, nominated for his race, which he was well deserved. You know, very, very, uh, very good role for him here. Uh, synopsis: uh, An ordinary man gradually discovers his entire life as part of a reality TV show. So I just, I literally rewatched this tonight, uh, like a couple hours here before around six p.m. So just before the show, and. In a short word, this this film was brilliant. This this is I don't use the word lightly, but th- this film is brilliant. It, it's a it's a masterpiece. I think it is it has so much to say in so many different ways. Um, and if Barb Toledo is listening, uh, this I believe this is her favorite movie, and I can understand why. Like I first watched it several years ago, but rewatching it, I f- almost forgot how good this act this movie actually actually is. Um, I, mean, I mean, we can even just talk for Jim Jim Carrey. You know, he's widely known for his comedic roles like Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura. You know, I know how much you love Dumb and Dumber. Uh, but <laughs> to me, to me, he is vastly underrated as a dramatic actor. He is he is terrific in this movie. He's he's also great in uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think one we were talking about reviewing at one point. Yeah, we're but, deciding between this and that. Yeah, we went with this one. He is he is terrific in this role. Uh, this film is just oh, it's just so good in so many different ways. Um, I guess first off, I just, think this is his first. Yeah. Was this his first dramatic one? 
I think so. Because in the 90s, I mean, like I said, he was doing Dumb and Dumber. He did two Ace Ventura movies. He did The Mask also in 94. I believe he also did Liar Liar around this time. That was also a comedy, though. Yeah. So uh, I think this was his first dramatic role. And he, yeah, he knocks it out of the park. Uh, I mean, he's helped, obviously, by a great premise, uh, fantastic writing. Uh, but, oh, man, I guess just to start off, I love how this movie accurately like it's just predicted it's very pioneering in a way and inventive and in how it kind of predicted the popularity and obsession with reality tv because this was you know this is like i said the late 90s this was pre-survivor uh you know pre a lot of these reality tv shows that are so insanely popular now there's you can there seems like thousands of reality tv shows now back then there weren't and uh this movie's all set around you know of course a this a star this unknowing star of a reality tv show he doesn't even know he's a part of and uh yeah survivor came out i looked it up it came out in 2000 so it was it came out two years after this movie came out you know and this movie really comments on how we as humans we love to watch drama we love to watch things that take us out of our world out of, out of our world and into another world uh, and when it's kind of like almost like uh, Truman's Inception, because when we watch this movie and enjoy it, as so many people, so many people do, we're doing kind of the very thing the movie, the movie uh, is you know <laughs> critiquing and commenting on the fact that we love movies that have you know lots of drama and intriguing premise, a likable protagonist, someone we can empathize with and get attached to, you know, and want to watch their journey and story. So we're doing the very thing the movie. The movie is uh, commenting on, so it's it's just brilliant. It's just in that way alone. Uh, I just and, yeah. I mean, the movie yeah. really comments on the voyeurism of it all too. Yes, and yes. and <clears throat> I found it striking just to think about what we do with YouTube channels and and other media that people put themselves through nowadays. You know, you have things like the Kardashians, which is a lot more like you're following them every single day and they're trying to make every day as dramatic as possible, which is kind of what this show is doing for one person. The one thing, though, that's completely crazy is he doesn't know it. Right. That, he doesn't know he's part. on TV. That That is the twist part. It's the fact that he doesn't know he's part of this TV show. Whereas all these other people have signed up for it. They've signed right. waivers. Yeah. You know, they've, they've volunteered for it. And as we've seen on numerous occasions in these reality shows, eventually they can just say, mm, no, I'm out. I'm pulling out. You know, it happens on Hell's Kitchen almost every season. Somebody quits, yeah. you know, um, and, and, yeah, that's my one reality show. Hell's Kitchen. All right, my brother yeah. likes it. Daniel loves that show. That that and uh, Bar Rescue. Um, okay, but but yeah. So to me, those are slightly different than you know, like Survivor oh, yeah. and, and other oh, yes. things. You know, they're not as like um, reality. Bachelor, Bachelorette. Yeah, you know, all these. It's dealing with like less important issues. I feel like right. the bachelor and stuff like that, you're dealing with like love and marriage and future mm -hmm. and life and everything. Um, but yeah, so there's this whole, like, it's just kind of insane that people, I mean, I can see why people would be glued to it though, yeah. because think about it. They can see what they're doing to this guy. Right. You know, and the only person who seems to care and be like, no, this is wrong is, um, uh, what's the girl? Sylvia, that's it. I was going to yeah. say Lauren, but um, that's her name when she's in the show. Yeah, so you have the Sylvia who is like 
pointing out that it's wrong. And there are people protesting and saying, hey, this is right. wrong. Because it is like that is it is it's so wrong. It's so immoral what they yeah. do to this guy. And um, it's manipulation at every single turn, like every day. It's, well, it, it's it just, made me also think of like the Matrix hmm. and how yeah. what's it, um, Neo, Neo felt like he was living in a different world right. and he couldn't like quite make sense of it. And this is what Truman is dealing with the same thing. There's actually people who there's this thing called simulation theory. I don't know if you've heard of that, where people believe that they're living in a world yeah. that's like fake and everything's mm -hmm. about like either it's all about them or it's, you know, this like people are NPCs, other people are NPCs, so you can do whatever you want type. Yeah. Like it's a really weird thought process. I don't, I'm not an expert on it at all, but it's just this whole thing of like, like he just gets to this point where he's acting crazy because they're making yeah. him act crazy. They're gaslighting yeah. this poor guy. They're making yeah. him seem like, Oh no, it's not actually like this, right. but he can still sit there and go, why do you talk like that? You know, like when right. it gets really when dramatic they try, and when they're, yeah. when they're pr promoting, you know, uh, what was it like? Uh, when Mo they're promoting a cereal or something like that. Yeah. yeah. A cocoa or a cereal or something. And then they're, they're like, they, they, they're act like they're talking to him, but they're actually, as the camera zooms in, that's also, I love how this, this movie is shot. There's so many zooms <laughs> in this movie. And, you know, usually you don't use zooms in movies. Those have very much faded away. But in this movie, it's obviously it's used very heavily because these characters are looking right into the camera and promoting this product right in front of them, you know, while also trying to, you know, fake it and talk to him at the same time. And it's just like, yeah. man. It's just, it's heartbreaking to watch almost because it's just, and the, the way, like I said, the way they manipulate him, the way Christoph, uh, Christoph, he like basically, you know, he can control, he can control his whole narrative. He controls the weather, mm -hmm. he controls the radio, he controls, you know, obviously the, the, the act, the act, actors, the extras, the people who interact with him, posters, mm -hmm. you know, they, they prey on his weakness of, you know, they, they orchestrated his whole, his father's death and made him afraid of water, aquaphobia, mm -hmm. so that, you know, so that he won't escape or won't try to get away to Fiji, you know, it's just, they're just manipulate him at every single turn and keep him in this, in this prison, in this cell, which is what Sylvia believes it is. And what some of the other people, they just say, it's, oh, this is entertainment. This is fun. This is cool to watch. Yeah. Just, and my, my favorite scene in this movie was the part where like, you know, he's just, he's just got done fighting with Meryl, you know, yep. and, and Marlon came in and rescued her. Mm -hmm. And so Marlon and him are sitting on the dock or whatever that was, the bridge that needs to be finished or whatever. And yeah. they're talking and the emotion on Jim Carrey's face and the way you can see like the wheels turning in his head. Mm -hmm. Like Marlon says this line, he's like, I mean, really think about it, Truman, if, if everyone's in on it, then that would mean I'm in on it. And the look on his face is, is one of either he could be believing, he could be believing him and being like, Oh no, you're right. It can't be yeah. fake or, right. but the, but it's also got this look of like, he's realizing that, Holy crap, Marlon's in on this too. Everybody is mm -hmm. in on this. Yeah. I have to, I have to go more extreme. Yeah. You know, you can see in his face, he gets this determination and, and 
And I've I've always thought that the hug between his, because he has his, he gets reconnected with his father at that point. Right. And I always thought the hug at that point always looked a little off. And I realize now it's like, yes, it does look off because Truman is embracing it. He's having these emotions, but he's also like hiding what he's really planning on doing because he's already determined at that point that he needs to escape. He needs to get out. And as much as he's feeling this thing about his father, he's realizing, no, I am being manipulated. This clearly is part of the manipulation. Yeah. And, and, and his, his hug and the look on his face when he's hugging his dad is just so like, cheesy and not right it just mm-hmm. doesn't just, quite just look off, right. just a little bit just a little bit you. yeah yeah like I said, oh and yeah. it's done so well just yeah credit to, to jim carrey there and uh yeah just the, the writing in general i love how his character is you know even though he's been fooled this entire time up to this point how how smart he is as a, as a person though at the same time you know he mm-hmm. He figures it out and the whole thing, how he orchestrates his escape with the cameras, you know, blocks, blocks one of the, the, I think they call it the pillow camera or one of the, well, he blocks one of the cameras in his room so that they can't see his escape route, you know, doing, mm-hmm. you know, little things like that to orchestrate his whole, his whole escape from the world. I just, it's just, it's just, it's just great. I, I love it. And it's so, you're, you're glued. You're, like I said, you're, you're glued to every, every scene in this movie, I feel, uh, you know, and it's at the same time, this movie is a whole, I think it's a satire in the way, you know, our obsession with TV and entertainment at times, uh, you know, there's it's satire in the fact that the show is, you know, it feels like the whole world is watching this show literally. And today, you know, there's no one show that, you know, I would say everyone is obsessed with unless you count the office, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, you become detached from your world when you watch these, these kinds of shows. And to a large extent, I was just kind of thinking out the top of my head, you know, sporting events to some extent are like this, you know, last year's Super Bowl was watched by almost 100 million people in the U S alone. That's like a third of the population. So it's like everyone, I don't know. It feels to me, at least people that, that I'm around, Every, you know, when it comes to Super Bowl time, everyone's watching the Super Bowl. Whether you like mm-hmm. football, whether you like football yeah. or not, you're you're watching yep. the Super Bowl. You know, and that that's just kind of what this this comments on the fact that we can tune out everything else and just be glued to something uh, in a moment's notice like that. And yeah, it's just oh, this movie it just it just does so many things, and oh, it's so good. It's just so good. I also love how it uh, kind of plays, has some like religious themes too, kind of plays on the whole free will thing, you know, because you know, Kristoff mm-hmm. is, he, he is God in this movie. He's literally God. He can control, like we said, he can control literally everything about mm-hmm. the narrative of his, of uh, Jim Carrey's life, um, of, of Truman's life. And it kind of brings into question the, like the free will versus divine intervention debate. You know, you know, if Kristoff, or sorry, if, uh, if God is, you know, is all powerful, all knowing and knows every action we're going to do before we do it, do we actually have free will, you know, bringing in that whole thing or are we in yeah. this, you know, box or are we in this dome and not able to, you know, see the truth in the outside world or is it actually reversed? Are we being manipulated by people around us and haven't seen the light or the truth that lies on the other side or the outside? So there's a lot of directions you can go with it. And it's just like this movie kind of brings out all those questions and ideas. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's just mm, so much, so much to think about. And then also, I had another thing here, just kind of talk about surveillance. You know, 
It is one of those things where today, especially in the digital world, just take a look. You just go into Walmart sometime and, or any, any big store and just see how many cameras you're on at one time. It, it's incredible, actually. Uh, you're on camera, whether you know it or not, uh, when you're out you know, driving or whatever, whether it's at traffic lights, gas stations, stores, whatever, parking lots, cameras are everywhere. You're being watched constantly. Mm-hmm. And this may be also just comments on that, how you have very little privacy minus inside your own home. And sometimes not even that, because we know, we know very well, you know, our phones are listening to us to a large mm-hmm. extent. Our devices are listening to us. So we have very little privacy. I mean, it, it's not coincidence that when I talk about, I don't know, Costco or Walmart, I get an ad for it on Facebook yeah. the next day, you know? <laughs> so we have very little privacy these days. We're constantly being watched. And it's just, this movie was ahead of its time in many, in so many ways. Yeah, I read an article about a town that was requiring um, all shops to put surveillance cameras outside. Oh. And for the police to be able to access those videos anytime they want, which like people are arguing that that's a violation of rights and stuff like that. So we'll see if that town actually carries out that thing, but it's just crazy to think about the fact that we are, I mean, you can't do anything without someone, you know, someone gets, people get jumped in the street and there's always video of it now. Oh, you yeah. know, someone so, something happened. Yeah, someone captures it. Everyone has a um, camera in their pocket these days. Yeah. Every yeah, exactly. They all do. And we we the thing is we voluntarily do this though. Yeah. And 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 yeah, I still can't get over the fact that someone like obviously not a true story, but right. the idea is that this was not voluntary. This was forced upon this guy. Mm-hmm. He and he didn't know it and they lied to him about it yeah. and and I mean I, I don't know what I would do if suddenly found out that everyone in my life was an actor right? It's that like, they had hired it's like try, just try to put yourself in his shoes and what if you, was, you woke up one day and you discovered your entire what he's like 30 years old your entire 30 yeah. years of existence is a complete fabrication it's just mm-hmm. oh my oh my god how would you re- how would you react to something like that? I mean, it's just, just mind blowing to think about. Um, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got just, nothing more to say, but yeah, no. th- it's just a flat out great movie. I, it's on HBO max. If you're interested in, if you haven't seen it before, I definitely recommend it. I give it a solid, a solid a, like a 90, I'll give it a 95% solid a, a great, great movie definitely rewatchable um it's not one i i think i said this is only my second time watching it i want to say i think i first watched it five or six years ago but it's definitely it's definitely one to to check out if you have not seen it yeah this is one of my favorite movies of all time it's it's i i would give it an a plus yeah it's up there and again whether you're a jim carrey comedic fan or not like if you if you hate his style of comedy don't let that you know discourage you because like we said he is he is really good in this movie he has his different different side to him than his comedic roles and this this is definitely definitely one of his his best roles flat out yeah so yeah yeah, that's the truman show and in case we don't see you later good afternoon good evening and good night (laughs) good night (laughs) i love that next week yeah
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That was his final line. And that was his answer to the, to uh, being asked to stay. And he was like, right. Well, yeah, it was a good. So next week we will be reviewing uh, Wakanda forever. Yeah. We're going to see that together this weekend. Mm-hmm. We might Two do uh, something short and, uh, yeah. So you might like look a, for a video for that on, on the, over the weekend. Actually, it'll probably be up before this episode is up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah. So if you see that, awesome. And we will be covering that movie next week. Yeah. Um, so oh. yeah, carrying on, continuing our conversation and our watching of the show fringe. So episodes how do you like these three and four? Three and four, the ghost network and the arrival. So, so what did you think about these openings? They're a little less grisly, right? I mean, they the were Ghost much Network. less grisly. They're <laughs> much, much less grisly. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't really feel like you saw anything grisly in, um, what was it? Uh, uh, not, the Ghost, Ghost Network. Uh, oh, the, so the second one. Was, yeah, the, the arrival. Yeah, the arrival. Did, did yeah. not did not have a bad opening whatsoever. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely different. The the uh, the one with uh, the ghost network that was one where it was on the bus, right? And you had your people, yeah, kind of that had some grisly stuff in it, but yeah. not not some no nothing compared to the body horror of the first two episodes, right? So that that's that's better. That's there you go, a lot better for yeah. me. Um, I like that they're getting into the uh, relationship between the father um, mm-hmm. and Walter. Oh gosh, and, uh, I'm missing Peter. that Walter and Peter Moore. And yes. something's going on with Peter. They showed that in the ghost network that somebody was following yep. him. So we're yep. like, okay, why is this person following him? And what exactly is he involved in? Cause we didn't know. Right. We, she just showed up and forced him to leave. And he was making some type of deal over in another, a foreign country. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we find out, you know, that everything's <laughs> starting to keep coming back to Nina and massive dynamics. So, you know, like they're involved yeah. with, with these things at some point, something along the way. And obviously you'll see more of that as the episodes keep going, but they have a huge, huge part in this. So, um, and this yeah. is the first time I believe in the ghost network. That was episode three. That was, I think that was the first time that William Bell was mentioned. Is that correct? His no, name? William Bell is mentioned earlier. Okay. Um, they just keep saying that it keeps coming up. Oh, yeah, they work together, you know, don't you know? Yeah, yeah. They did that in the first episode, I think. Okay, gotcha. Well, I'm sure. But yeah. But yeah, he's obviously a huge figure in the show as well. Um, but yeah, then in episode four, the the arrival, you get introduced to the Observer, which is the bald, yes. mysteri- mysterious bald guy who keeps coming back. You'll see again, you'll see, you'll see more of, <laughs> more yeah, of him. Yeah, he keeps um, popping up. More. That was really... That was really good because he took the cylinder and hid it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like he tricked everyone into thinking that they were helping him hide the cylinder. And then he knocked out his assistant there with the, oh, um, what's her name? Uh, uh, oh, um, the young uh, lady. Yes. Uh, oh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank too. Uh, agent. Uh, I'll find oh, it right there. Right. Astrid. 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 Yes. And he. Yeah, at the end of the episode, he apologizes for that, but yes, he uh, he knocks her out. But he did it. He did it, though. So, yep, yep. So, yeah, that's interesting. He went and, I, and then he sits there and talks to the observer. So mm-hmm. that's that was interesting too. So he's sorry, I heard a noise oh. behind me. Oh, um, wasn't sure what it was. 
but yeah. <laughs> One of my kids might be awake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy. But yeah. Um, anyways, following. Yeah. So there's. And, and then there's another guy running around in that episode who has um, this gun, and I'm not sure what it does. Hmm. You know, because it seems like it's killing people, but also didn't it kill some people. So it, it's yeah. it's like, it, I, don't, I don't know what it was. I'm assuming the gun, like, teleports the bullets inside people or something. Hmm. It, it was weird. Yep, yep. Um, and then at the end of the episode, you had the surprise return of Oh, yeah, John of her boyfriend, yeah, John. Yes. It's like, so, I mean, which yeah. we knew was coming. I didn't expect mm-hmm. it this early, but I knew it was coming mm-hmm. at some point. Um, so, I'm just, yeah, we'll see what's going on there. I really don't know. We need to find a specific way to analyze these episodes because. Yeah, whether you want to break down like a certain, whether you do like want to do like a character analysis or a, like we're talking like a scene breakdown or themes in the certain episodes. Um, Cause there's definitely a lot of this one thing this series does very well. And again, I'm still working through it. I'm on like, I'm almost to the season finale of season three, but it does very well at balancing, you know, action, but also character at the same time. When I mean, you can do both, uh, that's, that's a really, really good thing to do. Uh, and so you see a lot of character growth and development in these, in these seasons. And so, yeah, I, I agree. I think we need to come up with a, with a good, whether it's breaking down a scene or a moment in the show and discussing that or, or something. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm, cause I'm watching them, but it's more like I'm just kind of plowing through at this point right. just to, you know, see what's going on. And, and it's uh, hard to determine what we're trying to do with our yeah. episodes right. here. Right. Um, hey, if you got any suggestions yeah. for us, let us know in the comment section. We can figure out what people want to know about Fringe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm glad that the gore stepped down a little bit in this, <laughs> yeah. in this two episodes. I hate, hate to don't I hate to burst the rubble, but it, it'll be back. It'll be back. But yeah. uh, it's good to at least have a break, you know, for a little while. A little I bit. mean, they were drilling into the one guy's brain at the end of the episode. Yes, end of the uh-huh. Ghost Network. Um, but yeah, some of these ideas aren't even. I don't know. It, it's it's almost like you're getting. See, my thing is with fiction sometimes, like shows like this, yeah. I feel like they show us this stuff to make us think this stuff isn't real. Hmm. So that this, when stuff like this is real, we'll just ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I there's see. like this whole conspiracy theory side of it, you know, like, I mean, because some of the stuff they talk about of like, the government doing experiments and, and trying to test certain things. I mean, we know these things are real. We know the government, not necessarily these specific ones, right. but we know that there have been things revealed that the government tried to do mm-hmm. and tried to learn or, or, or figure out that like with experiments on people and, and things like that, it just didn't pan out. I'm just curious as to, how much of this is based off of any truth at all, or if it's all covered from someone's imagination, yeah. someone's imagination or what, you know, like I, <laughs> I'm curious about that. It's just, uh, it's interesting. We'll have to see where it goes. Cause they're, they're, they're setting up a lot of stuff here in these yes. first 
episode. So I just feel like I'm not getting a full. Um, don't get the big picture for early. Yeah, you while. don't get the grasp of what exactly. I can't fully get my mind on what everything that's happening. All all you know is there's a bunch of weird things happening. They call it the pattern, you know, all these weird Mm -hmm. biological or, you know, whatever uh, crimes happening essentially. And they're all connected. And it's just a matter of getting. And for some reason, these three people are able to figure it out better than anyone else. (laughs) Yeah. We have to, that's the one thing you kind of got to spend, do a little bit of suspension of disbelief. The fact that this, it's just, just this fringe division investigating all these instances, you know, uh, and that's these, yeah, three brilliant people that are kind of at the center of it. But yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's not just them investigating it. There's other people investigating it, but like in this episode, the, um, uh, what's his name? The Lieutenant guy, uh, uh Broyles, no, not Broyles. Um, yeah, yeah. Boy, Broyles, Broyles, yeah, Broyles tells, him. tells, uh, Dunham, he's like, um, about the in the fourth episode with the man, the the bald man, the observer. Yeah, the, the He's like, you noticed this after just three weeks. We've been tracking this. It took us nine months to mm-hmm. catch on to this part of it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. So <laughs> they're catching on to certain things that other people mm-hmm. right. didn't. So Walter, as you as you have seen already, but like he's very. Even though he was like in the mental institution, you know, he gets, gets extremely smart and he's able to pick up on things very, very fast. So, he, yeah. He's also part of it, too. Like, that's the thing. Is oh, yeah. He knows yeah. something. He knows a whole lot of stuff that he's mm-hmm. not, not telling them. I'm not yep. even, I wouldn't even be surprised if he was involved in inventing whatever is causing this pattern or if he, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> is still controlling it somehow or. Yeah, um, you're picking up on it things seem, already. It seems like he's um, like he's using this to fix the problems with his son. Like mm-hmm. it, it seems like okay, there's some deep regret there, yeah. and he wants to fix that relationship. So he's taking guilt. he's he's making this like force fixing that. He's using this situation and these things popping up to help his force his son to deal with this yeah um so yeah it's 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 interesting i'll have to see where it goes from here um i'm enjoying the series i i think other people would enjoy the series as well especially if you like sci-fi mystery type things um right and like we said if you like jj abrams kind of style like you love uh you know lost i never actually watched lost um I know Julie, if Julie's listening, I know she loves Lost. She watched it, you know, when it, when it came out in those, you know, was it mm-hmm. mid, early to mid 2000s? Um, I never actually really watched it. But uh, if you love Lost or other stuff J.J. Abrams has been involved with, then you should like, you should like Fringe. So, but yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all so, we got for you this week. That's all we've got today. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Uh, stay tuned for our, you know, our initial reaction to Wakanda. F- well, sorry, you already you already would have got the the uh, initial reaction, but uh, we'll get to you next. I week. mean, we can't we can't help it. This is the this is the nature of our show. Is yeah. we we film ahead of time beforehand. Yes, you know, we both have jobs. We're both working. We, we you know, have other things that we, other commitments, so we don't get to be those film reviewers who are doing things right away. Um, right. We're trying to be 
casual about it. You know, we're trying not to talk so heady that people don't understand what we're talking about. We're not trying to get deep into like the, the mise-en-scene and how you understand the film and know that mm -hmm. it's all about sex, you know, those type of people. Mm -hmm. um, but we are, but, you know, we do, we, we enjoy movies. We enjoy yeah. watching them and we just like talking about them. That's what we do. And what we really want is we want to get more people on the show. Yeah. Um, I want to find, like, we, we are looking for another reliable host. We haven't yeah. been able to find that yet. We think that would be a good element to, to add to the show. Um, we do want to get, uh, you know, Levi Palmer on here. Yeah, we want to get some guests um, on, too, because I think it's a better yeah. show and we have more people to talk about movies and and. um like, cause, cause the thing about movies is they are the folk tales of our time. Like mm -hmm. these things have an impact on our culture, on our lives and the way we live and the way we do things, whether we like it or not. And hopefully we're picking yeah. the better movies that actually do have those impacts and not just picking out, right. you know, foolish things that like anybody can see and be like, Oh, whatever. It's not really that good. Um, but I think, this season we've been really kicking it up a notch and been watching a lot of really great films. Yeah. Um, we'll I see agree. what happens in a couple of weeks. There's a movie that we're going to be doing that it's kind of just for fun, but we'll, we'll see what that movie is. And, but yeah. Um, so next week, join us. We'll be doing Wakanda forever fringe right. episodes, uh, five and six. Uh, and yeah. Hey, if you, you want to send us an article that you want to get our thoughts on, Go for it. Like yeah, we're, we, we're here. Um, the probably sending us messages through the Facebook or um, the Facebook page or um, commenting directly on a YouTube video is going to be your best way to hit us up. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. If you like what you you're seeing, feel free to uh, like, share, comment, and subscribe, and drop us a message letting us know your thoughts on things we can improve, things we can do differently and ways that we can bring you into the show. Right. We'd love that. Yeah. So as always, thank you for listening and stay cool. Stay cool.